Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings. The Fixed Ops Roundtable community will be very familiar with Sean Kingley, who is the Fixed Operations Director at Step One Automotive Group. And uh, Sean, uh, we are thrilled and honored uh, to welcome you back to the show. Well, thank you, Mr. Rings. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be invited. It's an honor to be here. And uh, even with the company that's behind me, it's an honor to be here, sir. Well, you know, I was going to mention that. Um, I, you've, you're being joined uh, today here at uh, May the Fourth be with you. And uh, who do you got there be, uh, behind you? Well, so everybody's got the secret. You know, as you go around and you, and you, and you facilitate or you teach classes, you go around and you got to tell something secret about yourself. Yes. This is, this is my secret. So I am one of the closet Star Wars guys, Ted. I, uh, I admit that I am. And uh, I, I believe uh, Kara and myself and you had a, a call the other day. Another thing nobody knows about me is is – I have a right leg that is completely dedicated to Star Wars. Um, that was all COVID, by the way. I have a little bit of artwork done on it. And then I have the four characters behind me that uh, that I have a small, overwhelming investment in, we'll put it. Wow. And uh, I will make a full disclosure that, uh, yes, when we have needed subject matter expertise uh, for this event, the Fix Ups Roundtable, Kara uh, uh, and I have consulted you, Sean. Yes, uh, and- yes, yes, yes. And, and by the way, for the record, and my wife does not know this, the 5th is coming. Uh, it'll be here in the end of June. It's being made as we speak. That's Boba Fett. Now, where do you, where do you get it? How do you acquire those? How does that happen? Well, so actually, the company that makes them is, is a company out of Soho, New York, which, which you and I are both very familiar with. Yes. That they're, they're a company that actually, actually has the license from Star Wars. And how it started was I flew to Soho for a weekend getaway. Yes, I have a problem to get fitted for the Darth Vader one. It's a legit Darth Vader costume. It's straight from Star Wars. Um, I was fitted for it, made for it. They shipped it to me, had a few alterations done. Since then, the rest of them, once they have your sizes, you order them, they create them, they ship them. So that there answers my next question as to uh, are those life, you know, life size? And uh, they are. Wow. They are life size. They are full costumes and they are very wearable. The only one I've ever worn to any event uh, was a uh, downtown New Orleans for uh, Mardi Gras. I was asked to wear the Darth Vader one and I did. And I tell you, got quite a bit of attention. I can imagine, Sean. Yes. So, um, uh, anyway, so we, uh, we're learning a whole lot about uh, about yes. Star Wars and about and about Sean Kingry. Sean, tell us a little bit about your role uh, there at Step One. How many dealerships do you oversee? How many employees? Kind of give us a little glimpse into uh, you know your uh, your professional life there. Absolutely. So, Step One, we're based out of Destin, Florida, actually Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Nobody knows where that is, so we say Destin, Florida. Uh, that is where the headquarters office is. We have five stores here. Altogether, uh, we are currently at 16 stores. We'll be 17 at the end of, of – Ted, I need you to cut for a second. I'm going to make a mistake. Sorry. Okay. Just no, pick it at, up where you want. At, okay. All right. So we are we are based out of Fort Walton Beach, Florida. We tell everybody Destin, Florida, because nobody seems to know where Fort Walton Beach, Florida is. We have five stores here. Um, all together now, we're at 19 stores. We just opened up some new stores in uh, Bessemer, Alabama, just west of Birmingham. 
Uh, that's a that's a Chevy point. That was our first Chevy point. But altogether, we have 20 franchises now. Uh, we have three parts operations, as I think uh, you and I have discussed in the past. And I did a piece for Automotive News that we bought some mighty auto parts franchises to uh, supplement our own inventory in our own stores. Uh, we have two rental car companies, which are VIP rental. Uh, Going to open and expand a few more of those where we're actually feeding ourselves and renting ourselves cars. And uh, and again, from there, we're just growing. That's 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 who we are. And uh, Sean, how many employees report uh, to you in your capacity there? The group as a whole, we have 857 as of right now, and I have 417 of those. Wow, that's that's a huge number, and that's a lot, a lot of people, and a lot of, yeah. and as uh, Fernando said, a lot of families. Okay, it, it is yeah. a lot of families. You know, you got to read that. And again, to your point, Ted, and to, to Fernando's point is it's not you, it's it's the families you're feeding and the, and the things that you do. And as we do onboard our orientations and we talk about that, you know, during COVID, we didn't lay one person off, not one. We actually lost a couple of, a couple of teammates, we call them, um, that, that passed away from COVID, but we never laid one person off where some of the other groups were doing 30 or 40% cuts around us, not one person. We kept everybody gainfully employed that could work. And and I think that's one of our strengths that, that kept the reputation up. Tell us about you, Sean. Where did you um, where you uh, where you grow up? Because you're not from uh, Florida originally, I don't think. I am not, sir. I'm originally from a little town in Iowa. Uh, I'm a city boy, by the way. I'm not a farm. I got a flat tire on a farm once. That's my extent of farming, by the way. Um, I'm a city boy from Iowa. Um, I uh, graduated from Iowa straight out of high school. I went to boot camp in the Marine Corps. Spent six and a half years in the Marine Corps, and then. Uh, I got started in this great business, and I think I'll segue into that, where I was in Boone, Iowa, um, at a dealership getting my oil changed and had no clue what I was doing. I probably looked upset, I'm guessing, because some gentleman comes and sits next to me and talks to me, and after 45 minutes or so, he goes, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Well, at the time, I happened to be in a cast because I broke my foot, and I'd been in a cast for a little over two years in the Marine Corps, and I said, I don't know. I was a firefighter. I can't do that anymore. And he said, well, come work for me. And I asked him, do you sell Amway? Because I thought that's what he was. And he happened to be the dealer principal, and I didn't know it. Oh, how yeah. old were you? How old I, were you at the time? I was 24. 24. Didn't know what a spark plug was from an oil filter, to be honest with you. Um, he is actually one of my mentors. Uh, always was. Always had been. And, and, again, I can go down that story real quick. But uh, he taught me a lot. He, I mean, he, he taught me the, the, the good of the business, the bad of the business. He'd tell you once, don't tell you twice. The second time wasn't so good. And then from there, I spent seven years with him, um, and and he had seven stores in Iowa. And I was recruited out of there by a headhunter to Minneapolis to work for Denny Hecker for 11 stores. And and I ran 26 stores for Denny. Wow. Uh, just going back to Iowa yeah. for a moment, um, how did you start off at what position? And by the time you left, what position were you at? Sure. So I started off as a service writer, and, and, as, and when Pat asked me in the waiting room, I said, well, what do you want me to do for you? And he goes, be a service writer. I said, what's that? He goes, that's the guy that checked you in when you got in here. And I, so I was a service writer for like seven or eight months, and then a, a guy who I'm still very good friends with to this day taught me a lot, and I became a service manager. And like I said, I spent I spent seven years with him and, and took over all of his group and ran helped run all of his stores. So I literally got my teeth ground in, in, in Iowa. And then, like I said, went to Minneapolis, went to NADA Academy, spent 11 years there, spent three years as a general manager running the both front end and back end in Duluth, Minnesota. Wow. 
And, and to be very honest with you, Ted, and I think I've covered this on your show once before, I did enjoy the front end. I'm not a front end guy. I'm a back end guy. I'm mm. a fixed ops guy, not a variable guy. You know, and, and that's, you know, not common for, for, for people to say that because there's a lot of glamour associated with the front end, the variable side of the dealership. There is. There's trips and there's there's this meeting and this meeting and that meeting and this, you know, this event and that event. But again, I, I think it's because I cut my teeth so hard with Pat in Iowa and then with Denny and, and the things I learned from Denny along the way. I, that's that's where I came from. That's what I knew. You know, what I think is uh, really um, something that we don't see often, um, you run not just the fixed operations there at the dealership, but your wife is in charge of the uh, financial services F&I at step one. And how did you meet uh, Tiffany Kingery and uh, how did that come about? So uh, her story, my story might be a little bit different for that, but we'll, we'll take my story now. After the Minneapolis uh, events occurred with Denny, which is which is pretty carnal knowledge at this point, but yeah. uh, I was recruited to go to Pennsylvania and work, work for mile one and be their fixed ops director. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so a unique situation where it's actually a pretty good story. And that they have uh, 17 franchises under one rooftop. Sales is on one side of the street, service is on another. Um, a, a mutual friend of ours introduced us together and we dated and lived together for like seven months before anybody knew because there was some rules against that. You want the whole story? We go to a Lone Star restaurant about an hour from the dealership. And as soon as I walked in, I saw a salesman. And as soon as I saw the salesman, I'm like, busted. I knew it. As soon as we walked in, I knew we were busted. We finished dinner on Monday morning. The, uh, the president of the company comes and sees me and says, hey, you and I need to talk. And I said, no, nah, there's really nothing to talk about because, because Ted, I just can't, I won't lie. I said, hey, listen, I need to tell you the truth. Tiffany and I have been living together for quite some time. It's not like it's done. He goes, well, you know the rules. You can't date. You have to be married. I said, okay, give me a week. I'll figure it out. We got married that Friday. Wow. And how long ago was that, Sean? Seven years ago in June, sir. Oh, wonderful. Wow. Yes. And, uh, and now... Um, You've been in the car business for quite some time, and you've built up a great following. You're running uh, the dealership group there for fixed operations. So kind of take, take us through a day in the life of, of Sean Kingry. I, I know there's a lot of different things that happen in the, the dealership, but your stores are not all just in one place, as you said. I, I would imagine you have to move around a little bit from one store to another. We do. We do. So we actually have, again, we have stores in Florida. We have stores in Alabama, stores in Georgia. Georgia. So the, what we've grown to now, now we're a billion-dollar company. Officially in, in, in 2021, we became a billion-dollar company. We're no longer a company. Now we're a corporation, we call ourselves. And, and you do have to move around. We use WhatsApp as a form of communication. I can tell you that out of my 19 rooftops that I have that are underneath of me, some managers, Ted, I talk to every day because they need that. They need the hugs and the kisses and the loves. There's other managers who, quite frankly, don't want to hear from me, and that's okay. But my claim to fame, or I guess my pride, is two different things. Out of all of our rooftops, I can tell you the name of every one of my technicians. I can, and I can tell, and, and again, I always make the joke. I can tell you the name of their wives. Some of them I can tell you their wives and their girlfriends. But, but, I, but I can tell you that I, I know all of them because that's where the bread and butter is. And as I share with you from time to time, Ted, I'm the one who does the numbers every single night. I post them for all the stores. Good laundry, bad laundry, dirty laundry, whatever you want to call it, I post every store's numbers. I call out the good. I call out the bad. 
we celebrate the victories and we, we challenge ourselves on, on the, on the, the struggles that we're having on who's, who's struggling from time to time. Wow. Um, I see that you are very much involved even today with the NADA uh, Dealer Academy, and you go through a lot of training with your teams through NADA. Tell us about that and how that came about and uh, you know what prompted a lot of that. Absolutely. So as we grew as a group and as we grew larger and larger and we recruited out of the, you know, my, my, my partner on the variable sites from Viato and you have this guy in used and this guy in fixed, everybody was struggling to find out who the trainer was, who could train everybody. Well, the answer was always NADA. And, and being a graduate of the academy, for me, it was almost a no-brainer. Because for those that have been through the academy, what you learn is there's no secrets. You, you start from accounting, you know, you go to variable, to fixed, and, and you go through everything. So what we decided as a group to do was we brought NADA to us. We, mm-hmm. have, we have a group of 20 of us, or 20, there are 20 of them. I'm sitting in, get it, sitting in it, going through it with them, even though I've already graduated. But we have 20 individuals from our director of marketing to the director of variable, to my parts director, to my number two, to a parts manager at one of our stores, all going through NADA Academy as we speak. We just finished week four. Uh, Week five is coming up in July. And we will all, all 20 of them will graduate by the end of the year. But to take that a step further, what NADA has done for us, we are allowed, so a gentleman named Mark, it doesn't make a difference, but he is the parts instructor for NADA. I know, I know Mark, Mark Mikowski. Uh, yeah. Yes, great guy. Spent, all, spent, spent a lot of time with Mark, we'll say. We hired Mark to come back on a weekend, on a Friday and Saturday, and because you can't clear the stores and bring all the parts managers in, right. we, brought the part, we brought Mark back and brought them in on a complete two-day training. We crammed five days of NADA training in two days to every parts manager that we have in the group. Required training. And let me tell you, by the you know the first day, they walk. Oh, this is horrible. By the second day, they were begging for more, and I literally mean begging for more. And we're going to do the same thing for service as well for the service managers because I've only got two that are in the group of twenty. We're bringing all the rest of them in to go through a two-day boot camp, training those five days into two days off-site, uninterrupted, no cell phones. That's it. And Sean, that is not common that NADA would come to you. I. I, with the number of people that you've got, it makes sense to do it that way. But I've I've not been familiar with NADA doing that for anybody else. No, it's rare. It's funny. When we were in day one of training with Mark of Parts, we hadn't thought about this. When we signed up for NADA, this wasn't part of the agreement. It was something that Fernando and I and a couple of us came up and said, hey, we wish all the parts managers. Because you, you knew right away there was information that some of our parts managers just didn't know. Because, you know, Fernando made a comment during one of our meetings. He said, you know... We, 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 we pride ourselves of being imperfectly perfect. Who get, who's the last department to get trained? It's parts. So we went with Mark and, and Mark and myself sat out in the lobby and negotiated and he agreed to a weekend it would work and it was something as an afterthought. And then we just set it up and boom. And as you've seen some of my, I think, I know Ted, you and I talk a lot on LinkedIn. There's never a good time to train. You have no. to make time to train. Yes. It's intentional. Very much it so. It um, is. You spend a lot of time investing in yourself and in your team and your staff to make everybody the very, very best. Um, here we are in the middle of May, uh, Sean. Um, yes. Last question. What would you tell our audience looking into 2022, looking into the summer months, into the fall? What should we be, because you're a great student of the industry, what should we be preparing for now? What should we be looking at and addressing and, and uh, 
you know, be concerned about as an industry right now You're for you and your peers? I think there's three things, Ted. First of all, EV, which you gave us a great platform the last session, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I got a ton of great feedback. The second thing is, is, is Marco, inf- infamous Marco, now that I've got to know it. And again, I'm going to give Ted Ings a plug, at, plug here, and he's probably going to get mad at me for doing it for those that are watching. But I've got to meet so many Ed Roberts and Ted and, and Kara and, and Sarah through your platform. You and I were sitting in a meeting or we we're sitting in a, in a, in a session together uh, last a session, two ago, whatever it was. And we were talking about money. There was a couple of us that were all talking about money and what we offer techs and some of the recruiting I've done and the, the things that we're offering. And Marco just literally put me in my tracks and it changed who I am today. He says, guys, stop offering money. Anybody will pay us money. It's quality of life. And I'm not kidding. That literally changed all my recruiting tactics that day. And we all know that Marco's made a few posts as of late in the last couple months that has got a ton of great feedback. And let's be honest, he's put himself on a limb doing it, but he's not wrong. And if you listen to what he's saying, anybody can offer a technician $50 an hour because we're all doing it. Quality of life now. And the last and third thing I'll say easily is as the business changes and as my mind needs to change, as sales continues to sell cars and there are no new cars to sell, where we have an 80 or a 70 or whatever your percentage is of retention on new and you're retaining 30% used. If you're not focused on used for 2023, you're going to fail because you have to figure out a way to get the 20, those used cars back in 2023 to make this thing work. And on the used side, reconditioning I see is a big part of your plan there at the, at the dealership group. Yeah. So we've actually just opened up our fourth uh, used car center. And I know that I know that Fernando and you had a conversation about it. Uh, it's called the Center of Excellence. It's a non-customer facing 35 bay facility. All state of the art has one purpose: used cars. It's all about reconditioning. Wow, wow, Sean, you got so much going on there. Uh, of of course, I'm going to invite you to come back at our next event and tell us and give us an update on everything that you have going on with your career and uh, at the group there as well. So, you know, on behalf of the Fixed Ops community. Uh, we really appreciate you being with us here today, and at all the and all the panels because we're all, all learning from each other. Yes, I Ted, I think, and again, I thank you very much for setting the platform for all of us to be on it. Love it, and I thank you, and I thank uh, your associates behind you, yes, and yes, um, <laughs> and, I, and I thank you again for all your subject matter expertise uh, on all the things that we discuss. So, everybody, Sean Kingry, the Fixed Ops Director at Step One, here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thank you, Ted.